48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. A former Exco member and top advisor to CY Leung is convicted of fraud. Carrie Lamb says she'll get a grip on political turmoil so she can address livelihood issues. And the police say a wartime bomb found at Kai Tak would have caused huge damage if it hadn't been defused. The district, count, the district Court sorry, has found a former executive councillor and head of CY Leung's chief executive election campaign guilty of defrauding the Securities and Futures Commission and cheating a company out of tens of millions of dollars. Vicky Wong reports. The offence took place between May 2012 and May 2013 when Barry Chung was the chairman of the now-defunct Hong Kong Mercantile Exchange. The commodities trading platform closed in 2013. Mr Chung is accused of conspiring with the firm's chief financial officer, Jackie Choi, to hide its true financial position and mislead the SFC into letting it keep its licence. Mr Choi pleaded guilty and turned prosecution witness. Mr Chang was also found guilty of a separate charge of cheating a company called Sinomax Finance out of $30 million, which went to a firm he owned. Both defendants have been remanded in custody. They'll be sentenced next Thursday. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she must address the political turmoil that's gripped Hong Kong for more than a year now in her October policy address. She singled out the political impasse here as the main obstacle to solving livelihood issues. Here's Carolyn Wright. In an interview with Hong Kong Open TV, Carrie Lam said if the political problems remained, it would be very difficult for the government to make any moves. Mrs Lam also refused to be drawn on whether pan-democrats might be barred from September's LegCo elections, saying that would be up to electoral officers to decide. Last weekend, candidates active in the anti-government protest emerged as big winners in a primary vote held by the pro-democracy camp. Mrs Lam admitted it had been hard to communicate with the pan-democrats, which was why she hadn't attended question-and-answer sessions in LegCo. She also said because of the coronavirus, she couldn't consult as usual ahead of a policy address, but would instead pick 10 issues and invite stakeholders to her office to express their views. Meanwhile, a policy scholar says it was unbelievable for the chief executive to claim that she had already achieved or outperformed the promises made in her manifesto three years ago. Mrs Lam said her administration had done a lot to improve so social welfare, though she did not mention her pledge to heal the social divide and unite society. Kenneth Chan, director of the Comparative Governance and Policy Research Centre at Baptist University, said he found the CE's claims unbelievable. Look at the mess she has made. Look at the economy, look at the pandemic, look at the social protests, all of her own making because of her arrogance, uh, her reluctance to listen to the people. And now, surprisingly, not only we are still suffering from the extradition law saga, we also now have the national security law inserted into the basic law imposed on Hong Kong from Beijing, all because we have a very incompetent but very arrogant chief executive, Carrie Lam. Police say they've successfully disarmed a 45-kilogram American wartime bomb unearthed by construction workers at Kai Tak. The discovery forced the evacuation of more than 2,000 people while the Kai Tak MTR station was closed from yesterday afternoon until 7 o'clock this morning. Senior Superintendent Alec McWhorter said the bomb could have caused serious damage. The bomb was badly damaged and was in a dangerous and unstable condition. It could not be moved safely from the location. If it had exploded, it would have caused serious damage to nearby residences and 
the nearby MTR. However, my team were able to work overnight to render safe the device, the bomb, uh, without injuries and without casualties, despite some fairly terrible weather conditions. A shopping mall in one of the areas hardest hit by Hong Kong's surging coronavirus cases has abruptly closed. The owner of the Xuan Shan shopping centre, Link Reit, says it will carry out urgent deep cleaning. It aims to reopen the mall on Sunday. Dr Leung Chi-Chu from the Medical Association says the virus has infiltrated neighbourhoods such as East Kowloon and companies could reduce the flow of people there. He said it was good to see some shopping malls and wet markets closed for disinfection, but this wouldn't be sufficient. The most efficient means is for most of the residents there to try to stay home as much as possible. I think this is the quickest way and surest way of decreasing the transmission within uh, the area. And uh, we are also having a lot of other screening exercises. I think these exercises should give priority to residents uh, in this area as soon as possible, so as to put off the fire before it spreads. Hong Kong recorded 67 new virus cases yesterday, its biggest total since the pandemic began. The catering trade says business could decline by as much as 60% this month if the government implements further restrictions. The administration has banned dining in after 6pm to curb the spread of COVID-19. The president of the Federation of Restaurants, Simon Wong, said around 600 restaurants had decided to close in the evenings, while others said they had only a few takeaway orders. Two pro-government groups have held separate rallies outside the Electoral Affairs Commission in Wan Chai, criticising its failure to stop the weekend's pan-democratic primary election. One group, made up of fishermen, said its chairman, Barnabas Fung, should stand down. The other, made up of Yun Long residents, urged the Commission to give priority to elderly voters at September's election. The Finance Committee is expected to vet a funding request on the last day of the LegCo term for a study into the government's plan to build artificial islands off Lantau for housing. The controversial $550 million request has been delayed due to the backlash surrounding the extradition bill. Finance Committee Chairman Chan Kim Poor said people had mixed views about the artificial islands, but he urged lawmakers to vet the proposals efficiently. Overseas, America's top infectious disease specialist, Dr Anthony Fauci, has pleaded with young people to show responsibility to wider society over the coronavirus by not gathering in crowds. In an interview with the Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, Dr Fauci said now was not the time to go to bars and have fun while cases of the virus were still on the rise. They think they're not doing anything that is particularly harmful, but they might be. So my message to young people is consider your responsibility to yourself, but also the societal responsibility. Because the sooner we put this down, the sooner you're going to get back to normal. The U.S. has recorded its biggest daily increase in new coronavirus infections since the start of the pandemic, but President Trump continues to insist the country is beating COVID-19. Australia's second most populous state of Victoria has reported a record 428 new coronavirus cases after logging a previous high of 317 the day before. It also reported three new deaths. The state has been isolated from the rest of the country for more than a week. 
Russia has dismissed allegations that it has attempted to steal research into a coronavirus vaccine and meddled in last year's general election in Britain. Moscow said it would not tolerate the accusations, calling them unfounded. The UK, the United States and Canada say hackers in Russia have targeted various organisations trying to find a vaccine. More details from the BBC's Gordon Carrera. It's not entirely clear whether they managed to get data or not in some of these attacks. Often there's a kind of noisy bit of a, a cyber attack, but then often beneath the surface there's a stealthy bit and people spot the noisy bit and the idea is they get distracted by that. And meanwhile, the stealthy cyber attack actually gets some data out. It's not entirely clear and officials aren't saying what they've seen move and actually succeed from some of these techniques that the Russians have been using. But they certainly seem very confident in this case that it is this group known as Cozy Bear and to say that it's Russian intelligence behind it. The World Health Organization says it's concerned about an outbreak of Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo, which has become the largest ever in the northwest of the country. 56 cases of Ebola have been recorded in the DRC's Equator province. Here's the WHO's regional director, Dr. Machidiso Moeti. This is of great concern, particularly as it is now surpassing the previous outbreak in this area, which was closed off and controlled at a total of 54 cases. Some cases are located in remote areas surrounded by rainforests, demanding additional capacities and resources for the response. A court in Saudi Arabia is reported to have ruled in favour of a woman's right to live alone without the permission of a male relative. The verdict's been described as historic. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnston. Local media reports said charges had been brought against the woman in this case because she had been absent from her family home without her father's consent. Her lawyer said the court's ruling in his client's favour showed that it wasn't a crime for a woman to choose to live separately. Deeply conservative Saudi Arabia has traditionally given fathers and husbands sweeping authority over their daughters and wives. But recent reforms have allowed women greater freedom in important areas. In finance, Cathay Pacific says it expects to report losses of almost $10 billion for the first half of this year, with planes flying only a quarter full on average as the coronavirus pandemic took hold. The airline said it carried just 27,000 passengers last month, down more than 99% on a year earlier. The airline last month agreed a bailout involving the Hong Kong government. Shares in Netflix have fallen by more than 10% after the video streaming service reported flat quarterly profits despite a record number of new subscribers. Here's the BBC's Samira Hussain. COVID-19 lockdown has been good for Netflix. In the last three months, the company added an additional 10 million global subscribers as people look to the streaming service for entertainment while stuck at home. But in a letter to shareholders, the company said the blockbuster growth it saw at the beginning of the year will not last. That growth is slowing as consumers get through the initial shock of COVID and social restrictions. There are also longer term challenges looming for Netflix, most notably the increased competition in the streaming sector. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,111, 140 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar at 107.19 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar 13 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars 74 cents. Sport now, here's Atom.
Spanish football giants Real Madrid are celebrating their 34th La Liga title, their first in three years, after beating Villarreal 2-1. On the same night, second-place Barcelona lost 2-1 at home to Osasuna. The BBC's John Bennett has more. Real Madrid's stunning form since the restart delivered this 34th La Liga title in their history. Barcelona had a two-point lead at the top of the table when football returned. But since then, Real haven't put a foot wrong, making it 10 straight wins. It's only the second time Real have lifted the trophy since 2012 and the first time since 2017. Meanwhile, it's yet another landmark in Zinedine Zidane's already glittering managerial career. He's now led the club to two La Liga titles to add to three Champions League victories. In the English Premier League, Leicester City maintained their grip on Champions League qualification by beating Sheffield United 2-0 at home. Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers is challenging the 2016 champions to make more history. The big target for us was could we get to European football? You know, forget top four, it was about could we get into Europe? Because that was going to be a huge challenge for a club like ourselves. If you think of the clubs and the and the and the budgets that is around uh, above ourselves. So for us, the, the players over the course of the season have been outstanding. And tonight, we've uh, we've confirmed the high, you know the second highest finish in the history of the club and you know European football. So so now let's see. We two games to go. Where we end up. Manchester United beat Crystal Palace 2-0 to remain fifth and trail Leicester on goal difference. Aston Villa remain in relegation after drawing 1-0 at Everton. It finished one all also between Brighton and Southampton. England's director of cricket Ashley Giles says Jofra Archer's breach of the biosecure protocols could have been a disaster. Archer was dropped from England's second test against West Indies yesterday, three hours before play was due to start in Manchester. It was revealed that the player had gone home after the first test in Southampton, which broke the health safety rules. Giles says Archer's action could have jeopardized not only this series, but also subsequent visits by other teams. I'm not making light of this in any way, but it, it's, um, you know, this could have been disaster. Um, a small act, the ripple effect this could have had through the whole summer um, could have cost us tens of millions of pounds. So, um, you know, it, it uh, hopefully we can look back on it and, and Joffre, as I said, can learn from it. On the field, England's Dom Sibley recorded 86 not out alongside Ben Stokes, who finished with an unbeaten 59. The home side will resume on 207 for three. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. A former Exco member and top advisor to CY Leung is convicted of fraud. And the police say a wartime bomb found at Kaitaik would have caused huge damage if it had gone off. The news from RTHK.
good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the 123 Show this Friday afternoon. I'm Karen Coe, 